Hello, and welcome to another Modest Conversation. Um, I'm here with Sam Weiner, uh, who is someone I've known for a while in a bunch of different contexts. Um, she just graduated from Columbia, where she did CS. Um, she is going to go into Facebook in the fall, having done a few internships there on the engineering side. She was a partner at Rough Draft Ventures, which is the undergraduate uh, VC fund. What else? You do so many what things. <laughs> no, thanks so much for having me here. Um, yeah, no, you you really got basically all of it. Um, no, I'm, I'm really excited to be here today and I'm excited to talk to you about a, another project I've been working on for a while now. It's called Tech Setters. It's a video channel. You're such an underachiever. <laughs> <laughs> I just have so much free time. I don't know what to do with it. Um, yeah, but it's this video channel that I started working on actually at the end of last summer. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to highlight people doing interesting things in non-traditional tech in short clips to inspire younger people to start their own things. How did you come up with it? So I came up with it sort of out of a desire to know where are those companies or those people that will get me really excited? Like, what is going to get me up in the morning and say, oh my gosh, like, I want to just learn about the craziest things that exist out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it honestly started with me thinking about who are some like cool role models I can follow in technology. And there's so many, but from where I was last year, I was, I was sort of just like, where can I find them easily in like a group? Yeah. Um, and also in like short Buzzfeed style videos, right? Yeah. Cause my patience is limited, uh, <laughs> for being honest. Um, and so I, I first heard about this company called Zoom Pizza. Mm -hmm. um, they're in Mountain View and they use robots to make pizza. And so they sort of partially cook it with robots in their, um, in their, I guess, bakery. Is it called a bakery anymore if robots make it? I don't really it? know. Is it even a bakery for pizza? It's like a oven, know. restaurant? I, I'm not sure. Aren't you supposed to have learned this I in your Zoom pizza? Have. I probably should have. Um, but it's actually in their office. So mm -hmm. the back of their office is like this um, awesome big kitchen. And then what they have is they cook it so that it's enough that it's not raw. And yep. then they put it in a delivery truck and it finishes cooking the pizza for you en route to your house. Yep. So instead of when you get your pizza delivery and it's like kind of soggy because it's been sitting in the box. This is like fresh, fresh pizza that was just delivered yep. and like perfectly cooked. Um, and it was just a really fun interview because we were talking about her passion for food and how she sort of realized that like she could combine her interest in technology with her passion for food and her passion for, you know, creating connections with people by feeding them. That yep. was sort of her way of finding these communities um and i was like that's just such a fun example to have out there of something to see that you don't need to be interested in like technology alone you can be really passionate about food and then just see a way that technology can be used to sort of explore that interest in a new way totally so where do you, i mean you're something i always found interesting is you're just someone i've run into in a few different contexts yeah. um and it seems like you're really passionate about technology i mean you're you know dramatically younger than me in my mind you represent like this new era right i mean like literally like in the fall you'll be like the new generation of youngins like coming out to silicon valley uh, it's a very different valley than it was or like the technology is very different than it was like 10 years and 20 yeah. years ago like i'm curious to hear more about like what inspired you to get so passionate about tech and its intersection with the real world and like kind of where your head's at where do you think your classmates head is at heads are at now yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I think that 
you know, I'm coming from Columbia, so it's like a very politically active school. Yep. And so I think that that activist mindset has definitely influenced um, my experience in the way that I think about using technology. And I think that, you know, I think the technology is, you know, a means to an end. Yep. Um, and I think there's so much power in terms of what you can use it for. And I think that, you know, along with a lot of my classmates, a lot of people want to think about like how do we use technology to start solve larger problems like you know income disparity how do we get education resources out to larger groups of people how do we empower younger people to uh, feel like they can go into technology and how do we get more people from different backgrounds to come into technology and the reason that I think that I saw technology is something that's a really cool way to get into these areas is that it's it's kind of a in my way, I sort of see it as like a passport to all industries, right? Yeah. It's this thing that is powerful and important in almost anything you're trying to do, um, whether it's like politics, which talked about cooking, fashion, um, you know, security, AI here at Finn. Um, AI, but yeah. AI, sorry. Um, <laughs> Please don't refer to us as an AI. I'm company. sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> AI, of course. Um I, th I think that that was a huge piece of it. And, you know, actually the first exposure I had to tech, this was really before I knew how to code. Yeah. I did an internship at the Smithsonian in mm -hmm. their IT. I was like working for their head of IT. And so I was like helping make these uh, little websites for individual exhibits. And so it was just a really cool context to be able to say, oh, wow, you can be doing like whatever I, that version of coding was for me. Um, and be ex like helping people learn about these interesting, you know, historical events or people or just artists. And I think that for me was a really interesting framework to go into college because that was before I even got into college. And so I went in with this whole mindset of like, wow, like museums and tech, that's so much fun. Like what <laughs> else can I find out there? What else exists? Totally. So you're doing this series, Zoom Pizza is an example. I mean, it seems like a great context to go and meet a bunch of different entrepreneurs yeah. doing different things. Like what 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 are some of the other really interesting interviews you've done so far or you're gonna be putting on? Yeah. Yeah. So we've done we've done quite a few really interesting ones. Um, By the way, when you, we say we've it's you and Me and Jenny Wang. So Jenny Wang is a rising junior at Harvard. Got it. Um, and we actually met through Rough Draft. Mm -hmm. Um and so we decided to start this channel together. Um so We've, we've interviewed a bunch of people. So we've interviewed um, someone named Meg He from mm -hmm. A-Day. And mm -hmm. so they're trying to make uh, technical clothing that you can wear throughout the day. So basically, my favorite piece that they have is this, you know, white button-up shirt that looks like a white silk shirt, but it's wick-away material. So, like, if you're sweating, it's, you know, more comfortable. Yep. Also, it's spill-proof, stain-proof. And it's supposed to be something that just lets you exist in your own day, however, you know, However you want to move about, it tries to accommodate those those needs of yours, which I think is so cool. Um, and then we actually did an interview with Ariana Huffington from Thrive Global and talked a lot about, um, specifically for younger students, like what are things that people can be doing to help them like thrive instead of just survive? Like how do we, what are small 12 steps? hours of sleep, right? 12 hours of sleep, yeah. And a nice long bath every night before you go to bed. <laughs> and meditation. Um, <laughs> very reasonable for college steps. students. No, but, but we actually had a very real conversation about what are reasonable steps. And so, you know, a uh, pro tip that she gave us was to just try to move your phone maybe a foot further away from your bed each night. That's hilarious. Um, in your dorm room. And she was talking about, you know, if you need to put it on top of that armoire in the back of your 
dorm room. We're trying to just get it a little bit further away from you, um, just so that you have a better night. That's an exercise sleep. tip, right? So that you have to go further and further exactly. to check your phone. Exactly. <laughs> um, burning calories, getting those like Fitbit steps in, you know, all that, just trying to help you with all of those. Um, but it was it was just a really fun interview because I think a lot of what the channel is trying to do is take these. Um, take these leaders and inspiring figures at all different stages of their career and make them more accessible to yeah. people that are younger so that it feels like, you know, it doesn't feel like this far off removed person that is doing these unbelievable things. It feels like someone that's doing these incredible things, but wow, look, she's giving me advice to tell me, okay, what are some small steps I can take right now to start on that path? Yep. So I'm curious, I mean, one thing that this is going to sound... I don't know how you'll, you'll react to this or if even I can frame it properly, but like one thing is I, I think of myself, I'm now call it a little over 10 years out of school, call it 12. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's this interesting place because I still get incredibly excited about this stuff and like I think technology is super cool and there's all these opportunities, but I'd also be lying if I didn't say like I'm slightly jaded, right? Or at least maybe being less negative about it, I'd say realistic, right? About what does and doesn't work. I have some pattern matching to go on. I look at you or some of the classmates of yours or people even younger that are interns at Finn and one of the things I love is just like the raw energy and excitement about this stuff. Yeah. Have you been like let down yet by like your experience of technology or business or I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think that I, I think that first of all, I think that in order to get some things done, you need to have a little bit of that raw, naive energy to yeah. go into things because I think otherwise it can be somewhat too much of a letdown. But I think that, I think that like, you know, for instance, with starting this video channel, I think that, you know, I was like, wow, this will be so easy to launch. We can get a bunch of followers and get like it right off the ground. You know, we can partner with any sort of um, media company. And I think that there's a lot more process and intentionality behind each of these organizations where it's not as easy to just go right in and bring in these new ideas. Um, but I think... I will say, though, what's interesting about that is like, I think about the internet today versus the internet, you know, pre 15 years ago yeah. versus like normal business before that I think one of the great things about it is that you can just skip all that business development comparatively speaking yeah no I think you're definitely right I mean I think that I was sort of I was initially thinking about okay how do we like get you know just kind of leap on and reach out to this younger audience um, and I think that it's it's more about I think that you're totally right I think that it was sort of also a realization for me like oh we don't really need to go through these more traditional routes of having these partnerships you can just go and make a brand on your own especially with things like Instagram yep um, but I think I mean, but, honestly, I mean just just let me have a second sorry to cut you yeah. off but it's like c coming from your perspective kind of being a true digital native so to speak <laughs> right or someone who grew up with this stuff all the time yeah is that like surprising to you because to me it's like one of those things where it's like I mean, I just, I have this distinct memory, which took me until after college, it took me probably two years after school, where I had a moment in my life where I just came to the realization that, like, I didn't have to, like, kowtow to big brands, like, I didn't have, business development didn't mean, like, going, you literally could just go do stuff on your own. And for me, that was, like, leaving Bain and being like, screw it, I can start my own company, I don't need this stuff, I don't need this infrastructure. Like, it's interesting to me that, like, 10 plus years later, 
more, right? Like you're kind of in this, you're in the zone where like, at least you personally went through that same kind of cycle of like, oh, I need to like do the big boy partnerships and then realizing, no, actually I don't for something like this. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that I had that instinct with this project because I feel like in all the projects I did in college, my instinct was always like, let's just like bypass everything. And so I think that was kind of ingrained with me, maybe just because I was like, oh wow, this is like a video channel. And it was something that I was less familiar with. My instinct was sort of to go a more traditional route, but you know, for in, in for instance, like in terms of running things in college, I quickly realized that like going straight to the people that were in charge of like making decisions at the companies in order in terms of like organizing events was the quickest way to get things done yeah. instead of like trying to work your way up the chain with people that like weren't sure about the schedules, budgets. Yeah, and um, that I think is actually one of the great things you talk about like how technology can impact all these industries. I think for the last bunch of years, young people have had this advantage to skip all the normal stuff is like, oh, yeah. like you know how to build something? Great. Like, talk to the, the highest possible level and then go do the thing, right? Yeah. And like, I think that's probably still true in most industries, right? Yeah, and I think that's actually what really allows us to get to the next stage, right? Because they don't have to go through all the steps that like you, I don't necessarily have to go through all the steps that you went through or whoever, like maybe my younger sisters or my younger cousins won't have to go through all the steps that I go through necessarily. And so then they'll be able to take whatever project or whatever idea they're working on even further, hopefully. Maybe. Although, again, like this goes back to like the optimist versus cynical yeah. question. Whereas the, that, that's the optimistic point is right. things keep getting easier and flatter and more accessible. The cynical point would be that there was just like the internet and technology represented this like point of discontinuity where like all of a sudden old business practices and old structures were so out of sync with what could now instantly be done. There was this like magic of technology that what it meant was that the people who learned it or had that perspective and were young could skip all the bureaucracy and just do the thing. Whereas the reality is once the world reorients this way, things will calcify again and young people will once again be at a disadvantage. So you're saying the bureaucracy will sort of shift. Well, the bureaucracy will just like modernize. And then all of a sudden you can't come and be like, I know HTML like, let me skip the entire organization and do what I want. Like, that will no longer work, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which really was the case. I mean, if you go back to, like, the 90s, it's like, wait a minute, you know what HTML is? Great. Like, go talk to the CEO, right? That was a moment in time, Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's funny because that was sort of my experience when I was at Smithsonian. Change a little they bit sort now. Of, like, let me, they sort of let me do that. I was like, oh, yeah, HTML? Like, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I also, I think that with that modernization, I'm hoping that, you know, I think that there is something special in some of those people with that raw energy that say, like, I know HTML, like, I want to just go crazy. Even well, with that one, HTML no, but even with really. that one teeny skill. But what it, my point is, is that, like, okay, HTML, yeah, okay, well, what can we really do with HTML right now alone? But, like, with that single skill, trying to do the impossible without as much knowledge, like, I think those are some of the people that pick up the skills along the way and surprise you the most. Yeah. And so that's sort of what I discovered in this program called Jade. It was like a winter break program I started at Columbia. And so the idea behind it was we just took first year students that had no tech experience, but were just interested in tech. Right. And so we had interviews for it, but it ended up being 20 students. And we had a week long program where we just taught them how to program and took them to a bunch of companies in the city. It was like great being in New York because Mm -hmm. we had like all these really cool startups around us. um, And it was amazing to see, first of all, the community that formed around these people, but also to see what they did just from that program. For instance, one student from that program started a teaching coding program in the Philippines where he's from that summer. Mm-hmm. 
which is insane, right? I mean, with with very basic programming skills, he was like, wait, I'm just going to go around and now teach that. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, sometimes all it takes is that one teeny skill that's maybe not that relevant well, or I that think, high. Yeah, I think it's probably... Highly sophisticated that can really give someone the power to just do incredible things. I hear that. I think, like, to me, again, the optimist viewpoint on this, which I, I believe is, like, that there's basically two factors. One is there are some, like, gateway skills where, like, they're yeah. actually, like, kind of hard to pick up on your own, maybe. But then once you have them, like, the reality is the internet, one of the coolest things, I mean, YouTube is maybe the greatest resource, like, ever, right? Yeah. For, like, I, it pains me to say that, but I think it's true, right? Where it's like, you really can learn an incredible amount on your own now, but you still need the gateway skills, right? Definitely. And so in, in some ways, giving people that and giving people access to, like, move forward, that's a big deal. And the second is the community component, which is, you know, you watch how engineers learn or things like that it's like the premium on being around other people who really know what they're doing you can learn with is so high right because very yeah. little it you know there's a lot on the internet but the really great people learn from each other um i guess you do kind of that that will be i think a fundamental difference going forward is the accessibility of some of this stuff should become greater um is greater than it ever has been are you talking about the accessibility of what people learn just from each other well i think both of like learning a, just, like, once you have the gateway skills, the ability to, like, go much further independently. Like, in the era, like, I, you know, again, like, I grew up, we literally had encyclopedias. Like, barely. Like, we did have, like, Encarta, right? But it was, like, you know, it was right on the brink of that. It's, like, there was only so much you could really learn outside of a university on your own, right? Um, yeah. In terms of how to do more. It's, like, there were, so it's, like, even if you knew, it's been hypothetically, you knew HTML and then you wanted to, like, I don't know, learn like Node or something. It's like that jump was just like very hard to do on your own, right? Yeah. Whereas like if you have the gateway skills now, HTML might not be a gateway skill, but we probably should stop talking about that one. But like the point is, is like <laughs> you can kind of like very quickly level up on your own. And the second is it like the accessibility of communities of learning. Yeah. Right? Um, I think the I think the communities of learning piece is so important because I think something else that like was a big piece of my college experience was being brought into this community, this tech community. It was ADI, our tech club at Columbia, um, where we had this event called Cookies and Code every week. And yep. the idea was we wanted to have cookies out and have a community of people both working on like independent projects, homework, or just honestly just hanging out because we wanted to create a community where people felt comfortable walking in without knowing anything because yep. that's sort of where I came from in yeah. college was walking in knowing I knew HTML. That was yeah. it. Um, and you're totally right. Like going up And you would build level, half the interfaces for the Smithsonian. <laughs> I had broken half the interfaces for the Smithsonian is probably more accurate. But um, no, they were like very obscure like um, exhibits. But... Um, but still, I think I think you're totally right. I think that community is so powerful in terms of also just trying to get more people to feel comfortable to explore. And I think that uh, something that was really important to me in this was, you know, hosting events that combine interests like architecture and technology. For instance, we did like this thing with this person, Bradley Rothenberg, who now runs Entopology. And at the time he was doing 3D printed fashion. And so we had this event where we ended up attracting students, not just from computer science, but also from like the architecture school and like design majors, art history majors. Um, and it was just a really interesting conversation because there were so many more perspectives in the room. Mm -hmm. And we tried to encourage everyone to come to like our introductory programming workshops for people that didn't know to program already just to have the skills to continue doing whatever they're passionate about but just have one extra skill set to just to draw uh, on fortify that yeah and I think also probably and this goes back to the whole like organizational structure and things like that which is I do still think there's this place for 
even like lightly technical people in their respective jobs. Like if you're again, like in the what's the what's the line? It's like in the uh, in the in the what is it? The, in the in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Yeah, is that effectively the quote? <laughs> Which is like basically again, like I think there are all these disciplines or things like that um, where again, if you have the gateway skills. And you can just, like, cut through so much bureaucracy with, like, a little bit of ability to, like, deliver stuff on your own. And I think that's where it's so interesting. And those are some of the areas that I'm trying to highlight in tech setters just because I think that that's so empowering for people that don't necessarily have the technical background but maybe have some other interest and want to learn a little bit about tech. Just sort of showing these examples of people that have these passions, learned a little bit about technology, and sort of just shot forward. Yeah. And I think that though that's because that's sort of what draw, drew me into it, realizing that you could take fashion and tech and do something really cool, realizing that like Code Academy, like education and technology. I mean, yeah. th- that's like that's what inspired me. Yeah. The organizational cheat codes to get things done in the world. Yeah. What um so I'm curious, like you again, you're you're f- fresh out of college. Yes. You've done a bunch of internships at Facebook and you're going back to Facebook. Um I'm curious, like, when you think about your education to date, especially having done a bunch of stuff outside of class, like, how important do you think your formal classes were? I think, so, one of the things I thought was really important in some of my classes um, were Mm project-based aspects, because I think those were really transformative in my educational experience. Like, I took a compiler's class where we wrote our own language with, and, like, we were in a group of five, and that was, like, a class that I wouldn't have given up. But I think... In terms of like my programming classes, I think that you know working with other people was a big component of that. Um, and then also, I think the classes outside of technology alone. I think that like there is something to say for learning how to think in different ways yep. and being able to apply those different ways of thought to whatever industry you go into. But you know, I mean, I honestly think that right now we're moving more and more into an age. I hope where you know, that access to a higher level education, especially at, you know, for instance, like Ivy League universities or these higher level universities, I think that that shouldn't be, I'm hoping that won't be as much of a barrier. I think that, you know, CS50 at Harvard is online now and more people can be a part of that course, which is awesome, right? and so, I mean, I think that the community aspect is really important, but I'm also kind of hoping to see, you know, local communities, things like Girls Who Code, um, also for people maybe of, like, college age as well, learning yeah. learning different skill sets that maybe aren't exclusive to coding. Um, because I think the co- community aspect of college is very important, but I also think that the price for it right now is maybe a bit disproportionate. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So, thinking for yourself forward. Yeah. Five years. Oh, no. What are you going to be doing? That's a great question. Um, I think it's really hard for me to imagine right now. I plan to still be working on tech setters, um, but I also think that, you know, doing interviews with a lot of these incredible inspirational leaders has definitely motivated me to figure out more about what I'm interested in more pursuing more deeply. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to be going back to Facebook just to better understand things like Instagram, like how, how would you build up a platform like that? Um, and so we'll, we'll see, (laughs) we'll see. I'm, I'm really not sure. Fair enough.
Fair enough. Well, thanks for coming, hanging out, and talking, giving us the youth perspective on modest conversations. The voice of the youth. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, only have a few more years you get to play that card, so you might as well. Better work it up. Yeah, I know I'm playing the the voice of the aged. (laughs) (laughs) Only in this context. Only in this context. Anyway, good to see you. Thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out.